4: Welcome to the latest edition of 100 The Ed Gordon Podcast. Today, a conversation with radio and TV legend, Donnie Simpson. Donnie was one of the nation's top DJs who found immense popularity in Detroit and Washington, D.C., before he got a call to host a video show for the fledgling cable network, BET. Oh, that's so funny.
5: Welcome back to Video Soul. I'm Donnie Simpson, and my guest today has established himself as a songwriter, a producer, uh, an electrifying stage performer, of course. He is Bobby Brown, and we
4: welcome him again to Video Soul. What's up, B.B.? From 1981 to 1996, viewers tuned in to hear that smooth voice and see those green eyes. Simpson became a household name in Black America and held down the network's most popular show, where Donnie and later co host interviewed the day's most popular music stars. Since then, Donnie has remained a staple on radio in D.C., and now a quarter century after going off the air, Donnie is bringing video soul back on the streaming platform Tubi. Donnie and I have remained friends since our days at BET, and being sons of the Motor City gave us a special connection. Hey, man, good to see you. Well, thank you, Ed. Good to see you too, brother, always. Man. Dude, it's always. You know how we roll, though, right?
5: Yes, sir. Detroit! <laughs> <laughs>
4: You know, let me jump right into that, Donnie, because a lot of people obviously found you with with video soul. But you were um, a known commodity, a a well-known commodity, a a, a, need I say, superstar in radio before even hitting BET. Uh, You you started as a teen in Detroit.
5: Yeah, man. Fifteen years old, bro. Uh, At WJLB in Detroit, man, I was I was so young. I couldn't even do my whole show live because the show was from 6 till 10, I mean, from uh, 8 to midnight. And the law stated that you couldn't work past 10.30 at 15 years old. So I would have to, after school, I would go to the radio station, record my last hour and a half, uh, go home, have dinner, do my homework, go back at 8 to do the show live from 8 to 10.30, put on a tape and leave. You know, (laughs) so it had a, a tremendous start. And especially then, Detroit was the, fifth largest market in the country. So to get a start on an, a major market radio station like that, man, at 15 was just such a blessing, you know, and to find what you love so early, yeah, you know, was, was really a, a very special blessing.
4: Me. I mean, clearly, Donnie, you were made for this in the sense of they had programs where you were teen reporters at different high schools and there was something special yeah. in you that you went from that to commanding a show.
5: Yeah, well, I was a teen reporter from my high school, which was Denby High. This one radio station that I mentioned, WJLB, of course, had uh, a group called the WJLB Soul Teen Reporters, one reporter from each public high school in Detroit, and I was the reporter from my school. And, um, you know, it, we did these reports that ran once a day, sometimes twice a day, and they were like 60 seconds to a minute and a half long. And yeah. You've got cap and gown measurements next Friday. Don't <laughs> forget we got a bake sale Tuesday. We beat Pershing High 56 to 48 last week. Uh, the lovers of the week are and our number one song is that kind of thing. But I had this heavy voice. Uh, my voice changed uh, the summer between seventh and eighth grade. And uh, so I had this heavy voice, man. And I just got so popular from doing, I was more popular than most of the DJs just doing this thing that ran for 60 seconds a day, you know? And so they started putting me on, on uh, weekends, on Saturdays for three or four hours. And that lasted for about two months, I think. And they fired the guy who did eight to midnight, said, we need you to sit in for him for one week to give us time to find someone else. I sat there for seven and a half years, bro. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it started, you know? And so that's the beginning of radio. Of course, then uh, later on, I went to DC and uh, things were just amazing there. But, you know, to this day, there's so many people who, you know, as you alluded to, just know me from Video Soul. have no idea that I did radio, you know? Yeah. And and
4: continue to do it, we should say.
5: Oh, Continue, man. I've got, wow, 53 years in wow. now, radio, man. 53, bro.
4: That's amazing. <laughs> man. But you know, what's great about the, the teen program, even though it was only 60 seconds and it's sad that they don't have those kinds of things today. Yeah. It gives you an opportunity to dream and know that you can do it. You know, it's Absolutely. it's an open door that may not have opened otherwise.
5: That's right. No question. I mean, if I didn't have that thing, I may not be here talking to the great Ed Gordon today, hmm. you know, uh, but that thing opened a door for me, you know, I mean, and I was just blown away. Th- this is the beginning of my love for radio. Uh, my mother owned a record shop in Detroit, as you know, and uh, one day she had uh, the local DJ, the morning guy, Al Perkins come by and do his show that Saturday afternoon for three hours and, you know, just the hype up business. And so I went into that studio, man, and I saw Al sitting there, man, had his headphones on and he's grooving to the music. And I was like, man, I could do that. I could do. I mean, that was the very day I fell in love with Radio man. I said, I'm going to do that. And within the next three months, you know, I joined the reporters and I was on the air with my own show. I mean, it happened that quickly for me. So um, you know, I um uh, I've just always been blessed that people have kind of pushed me to where I needed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, because even before that, in the record shop, people would come in and go, God, you sound like a DJ. You ought to be a DJ, whatever. It was in one ear, out the other, man. I wanted to be a Baptist minister, you know, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Somewhere along the line, George Clinton turned me out. Here I am. <laughs> so My here's what I said. I'm still She said, I'm still going to be that she, he <laughs> still stands by that. She said, baby, you you're trying to run from something you can't get away from. But, you know,
4: in a way, <laughs> so, Donnie, you have been giving the word right all these years just from a different vehicle. Right. Not the pulpit, but the microphone in a studio.
1: Yeah,
5: yeah. Well, you know what? She has said that too, Ed, that uh, you work from a bigger pulpit than you ever could have. Yeah. You know, this is great. You know, and it's not like, I mean, you know me, so it's not like i beat you over the head with religion or anything, but I'm a uh, a religious person. I'm very connected. And Mm -hmm. so even if it's as simple as at the end of the shows, God bless you. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't have to beat you over the head with it, but, you know, and even if you are not of that, if you don't, Go if you don't believe in that or whatever, you must at least know that I wish you well. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say anything bad to you. <laughs> you know, so so it's simple for me. I just, you know, I I, I wish you well. I, I just God bless
4: you. You know, you go from being, uh, we didn't throw your nickname out there, the love bug in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> but you go from that, Donnie, to going to DC and yeah. and just the time. Sometimes it's about timing. Right. It it isn't necessarily your talent. It isn't necessarily anything other than timing and the timing for you in D.C. And I think about you and Melvin Lindsay, the late, great Melvin Lindsay and the quiet storm, you know, being in that city and setting a tone um, in Chocolate City was just remarkable because then people started to hear about you. Without knowing who you were, you just heard about this dude in D.C. on the radio. So those of us in Detroit knew, but people were starting to hear about you. There's a trickle about Donnie Simpson and Melvin Lindsay, you know, across the country. What was that like for you to become as popular as you became in D.C.? And then, you know, know you were starting to get Uh a national reputation.
5: Yeah, it was. Uh, well, first of all, I was very concerned moving here. Uh, I was afraid that DC wouldn't accept me. Um, I felt that I had this built-in advantage in Detroit. You know, I'm the homeboy. Mm-hmm. You know, they watched me grow up on radio. They remember when I missed my show to go to my prom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all those kinds of things. And uh, so I thought that was a great advantage. Um, but I mean, immediately, the acceptance here was just amazing in D.C. Um, You know, and and the reason I left Detroit was that I felt like there was no room for growth for me there anymore. I felt like that, you know, and I don't mean in the city as a whole. I mean, in that particular radio station Mm -hmm. and that company, that radio station was the biggest of all of their stations. And uh, when I came here, this was... To an NBC-owned radio station, it was fifty thousand watts.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: <laughs> you know, the station on in Detroit, man. When I was on at night, we had two hundred fifty watts. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was like a light bulb, but we were killing it. <laughs> <laughs> we were killing. It. You couldn't beat us. You couldn't beat us. So, um, you know, so to come to DC, I had those concerns, but um, just you know, immediately, man, the thing just well it. it I shouldn't say immediately. It feels like that now because it's been so long, but I came in 77 and, you know, I got kind of popular quickly within the first year, year and a half, but uh, things really started to blow up in 1980, January of 1980. That's when I became, I became program director like two or three months prior to that. And then I moved to mornings because our consultant said, you know, you're the most popular guy on the station. You got to do mornings. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. So I did that. And that's when things just really, really exploded for me. Um, but to see that, yeah, well, you know, Ed, I mean, you talk about the, the level of popularity and stuff. I mean, and I don't know that it was that much bigger than what I had experienced in Detroit. I mean, you know, in Detroit, man, it was crazy for me. I mean, it was like, kind of like rock star stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I can remember, you know, I used to have, I used to do these sock hops dances at the high schools and could never play my last song. Would always have to have somebody else play my last song because they would have to get me out of here. I couldn't leave. People would just, you know, it was, I mean, had my clothes ripped off me, all that kind of stuff as a DJ, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. It was crazy. So, you know, it, it was all... So popularity to me, I guess, is all I've ever known. You know, it's been like that for me from the beginning. And uh, I sometimes think that when people say, God, you're so down to earth. I, I think that that's one of the reasons why is because it's all I've ever known. Mm-hmm. It's not like I knew a certain life for 30 years and then things blew up and it's just change. It's like. It's all I've ever known. I, I, all I've ever done is radio and TV. I even had a TV show in Detroit. The show was so bad, my mama wouldn't even watch it. You
4: know? <laughs> <laughs> That's bad when your mama was, won't watch it. <laughs> it was
5: bad, man. It was bad, man. I'm telling you. I was like 19 years old, you know? And it was just a local thing. But uh, I would love to have tape of that. I would love to see what that looked like, I think. Um, but, but, you know, then, of course, once uh, BET kicked in... Um, you know, I started to get a national name for myself even through just radio. Yeah. Um, because, you know, one year I won, uh, because once I became program director, I, I won Billboard's Program Director of the Year and uh, Billboard's uh, DJ of the Year in the same year. And, you know, and, and, and once I got, I'm sorry, but I, I'm spacing. But, <laughs> you know, when you do what you do, Ed, as you know, I don't care what it is. It's just what you do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times those things don't really uh, find focus for you until much later, you know, and I look back on that, like billboards program director of the year and DJ of the year. And I didn't even go to the award ceremony in LA. I just, but that's kind of how I've always been. Those things don't really mean a whole lot to me. You know, all I really care about are the people that listen to me just mm-hmm. You know, that, that's always been the focus, but, but, but when I look back on it, it's like, well, maybe it was the right decision. Cause this is a cooler story to tell that because I didn't go, guess who accepted the award for me?
4: Dick Clark. <laughs> 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 that's better than me getting it. Wow. <laughs> wow. You know? Here's here's what I didn't know, Donnie, when I when 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 we talk about you going to BET uh, until recently, I didn't know this. And and I think most people would be shocked to hear this. You were not the first host for Video Soul. I wasn't. No, a dude named Virgil Hemphill was the very first host and dig this. His name that he took, the moniker he took was Reverend El Dorado. (laughs)
5: that's <laughs> really <laughs> are,
4: you, are you I am I being look, man is this a no no listen I I did some research and you know that's that's and I'm sure it was only for you know a few months or what have you but of course video so really starts when when you do it what was your mindset when they that's came it. to you when Bob came to you and said hey <laughs> I want you to host this show
5: okay well well, first, I want to address this. this. I mean, that's pretty amazing that I didn't even know that. I had no idea. <laughs> this is news to me. Wow. That's really that's really fascinating. But uh, when, when I first got that call, I was, I don't want to say not interested, but I was very hesitant. Um, you know, I always felt that I have to be very protective of image. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all I have. I mean, that's all I am. That's all you are we're image, you know? Um, so, you know, I can't give you 20 rebounds a night or 16 assists, you know, I'm just image. So it's very important that you, that the things I get involved with are top shelf. Mm -hmm. That's the way I've always been. And BET in its infancy wasn't a very pretty baby, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it, it wasn't. Um, so I thought about it for two days and then it finally just came down to this, Ed, that this is our first black television network. And if you have something to offer it, you have to do that. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm glad I did. I mean, because BET uh, put me in every nook and cranny of this country and many other countries around the world, you know? um, I mean, it was amazing. You, you, you were there for the growth of that thing. To see, it. well, you know, when I left, I mean, when I started, we were in one and a half million homes. When I left, the number was like 35 or 40 million, something like that. Now it's a hundred plus, you know, I have no idea what the number is now. Um, so, you know, so, so it was very, very good for me. You know, it was challenging at times uh, because, you know, it's a new company trying to find its way. Right. And, um, you know, there were times when I thought, God, I, would like to have a bigger budget for things to look better and all of those things, you know, but it was ours. Yeah. And you know, and 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 when I look back on it now, man, it's like, and I've told Bob, Bob Johnson, of course, is the, the guy who founded BET. My first and only contract negotiation with him. Mm-hmm. All right. It's about year three of video soul. I go into his office down in Georgetown, and Bob, the first thing Bob says is. Donnie, we can't afford to pay you what you're worth. I was like, all right, <laughs> gone, Bob. <laughs> I
4: <I'll>
5: see you. <laughs> and I left. Mm-hmm. That was it. Never negotiated a dollar amount. Like, whatever you pay me is fine. I, you know, you know. I was very fortunate because I was doing well in the radio. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I had that. Um, but, you know, now as I look at it all these years later, It's like no matter what that number may have been, it doesn't match the fact that we were there for the start of this thing, this black television, the beginning of black television, Mm -hmm. that we were such a significant part of that. No amount of money could supplant that for me.
4: when we return BET's golden years and the return of Video Soul.
0: This is it.
1: change the drive into work in traffic so slow connect the dishes to voices that glow thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio connect the stories change your perspective connecting changes everything at and
5: hi i'm cindy crawford and i'm the founder of meaningful beauty
4: For those who grew up watching Donnie Simpson on Video Soul, it was a sad day when he left the show in nineteen ninety-six. The program would be canceled soon thereafter. For years, many have been clamoring to have the show return. I know you've been getting this for the last quarter century because I get it as well. You know, people say, Oh, I miss you on BT, I you know, wish you were back, this, that, and the other. Um, and I, in particular for Video Soul, uh, you know, it was appointment television, and I know that you have been thinking and and kind of figuring out how can we do this because you want to do it the right way. And that, that time has come.
5: Yeah, it has, you know, I mean, like you say for 25 years since we stopped doing videos, so people have been saying to me, man, you ought to bring it back. And at first it was like, eh, because when I left it, I I was tired of it. Yeah. You know, I, I really was at the end, but, As years went by, you start thinking about that, you know, that this thing was so significant to so many people. Why not? And uh, so I started exploring it. And, uh, you know, with my team, I developed this team because I decided I wanted to create a production company, Donnie Simpson Productions, and uh, to try to create some content for television. And uh, we decided that that was the first thing that we needed to do was to bring back Video Soul um by the way bob johnson has been one of my greatest advisors Mm -hmm. on this you know he has been really really helpful man he really has been so i want to thank him um but we decided that this was the first thing that we have to do and so this is it we brought back video soul uh it's streaming on tubi now and that's free and um i can't tell you how excited i am Ed. um to have this thing launch. Uh well the the first really exciting moment came for me when I walked into that studio and there are 65 70 people most of them of color the vast majority of them color that I've hired mm-hmm. you know that for three or four days that we took to do these shows that I've employed these people are here working. You know, so that was one thing because that's very important to me. That's one reason that I want to do it is, you know, to create opportunities for people. Okay. Uh, but the other thing was the level of excitement from all those people who were working there. And, you know, the audience members that came in that it's what you were talking about earlier. It meant something to them, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't just a job, you know, this was something that they were genuinely excited about and proud of, you know. And when we would record those things, you know, Donnie's back. I mean, people were so excited to say that, that, that Donnie's back. And so it was, um, it, was, it was a mind-blowing experience for me, man. And for the first time, for me to be in business for myself, that was mm-hmm. huge to me, Ed, you know. I've always been a hired smile, you know, uh, I've never owned my smile all these years. And this is the first time for me. And and that's what it's about for me now about owning what I do. You know, I've always preached that. I mean, I can remember having conversations with guys when I first started in radio. I mean, back when I was 18, 19 years old, talking about the need for us to own these properties that, control the messages that come into our communities and stuff like that you know but i never owned anything i, I always wished i had that entrepreneurial mm-hmm. chip but didn't feel that i had it you know i have an older brother who had it my mom and dad had it but i just didn't have it you know i was like i was talent but you know again with the help of people like bob you know i've learned that you can develop it you know it's not you know <laughs> we all learn and if that's what you want, you can have it. So this was uh, very significant for me for that reason to to own me for the first time.
4: Any trepidation in bringing it back? You know, sometimes the, the old saying "you can't go home again." I think about Arsenio, um, and the game has changed. I mean, it is a different uh, television, and 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 content is completely different than it was yeah. twenty five years ago.
5: Yeah, well, it is. It's completely different. And I think that's another reason why I wanted to get
4: back mm-hmm. into it
5: uh, because, um, you know, there's so many outlets in, and they all need content. It's a perfect time for content creators. You know, the other thing is that you don't necessarily have to go through that green lighting process that right. is Hollywood, where I'm sitting there across the desk from some. 35-year-old who has no idea who I am mm-hmm. or what my reach is, trying to sell him on an idea to give me money to go do this. No, I put up my own money and take it straight to the people through Tubi. How good is that? Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful that things aren't the way they were 25 years ago, you know? And uh, you know, so and and I think that everybody should be. You know, it creates their opportunities for. Everybody now every, is so, you know, it's no longer just, of course, when we were young, I mean, I should speak for myself, but it was just ABC, NBC and CBS. Of course, we were in Detroit. So we had uh, C- uh CBC out of CBC, Canada. Yeah, out of Canada. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Which never had anything on you wanted to see. <laughs> but, you know, and then, of course, later came cable. You know, so we had all those options. We thought that was so much. Well, now, I mean, it's just endless and they all need content. So, you know, I think it's a very exciting time. So I'm, I'm very excited about this call.
4: Donnie, when you look back now and I, I sent you a text when it was announced that you had made the uh, Radio Hall of Fame. And I, I, I mm. thought to myself, what do, you, what do you mean he made the radio? I just assumed. Like many, I think you were already like, that's a foregone conclusion. First ballot hall of fame. What do you mean? He's just now going in. Um, But when you, when you think about where you are now, right. Your legacy, because as you say, now you can kind of sit back, look at your career, even though you're doing things it gives you age, gives you the ability to have some perspective on your life and your career. Um, What do you think about when you think about your career now? Well, wow. hmm.
5: I think, well, being inducted into the uh, Radio Hall of Fame last year forced me to think about it a lot. Um, it, and, and, you know, in all honesty, I would never, ever, ever thought about that. It had never crossed my mind going into the Hall of Fame. Um, I'm flattered by your reaction, like so many others. You know, uh, someone shared a tape with me of Charlemagne to God, uh, on the breakfast club and mm-hmm. how him and his team were just, what? He's not in all like, this is crazy, you know? So that's very, very flattering, man. Um, But, you know, and, and looking at it now, I mean, the day I got that call in, I got to tell you, even though it was something I'd never thought about, the day I got that call saying I was being inducted was mind blowing. Um I mean, I remember I, I immediately went downstairs um, to tell my wife, Pam, you know well, my wife of 48 years, I might add, <laughs> um, to tell her what the call that I just got. And I said, all my life I've watched athletes get this call. I just got it. It's mind blowing. It is really, really something. Uh, but as excited as I was last year about getting that Hall of Fame induction, if you multiply that about by about a Thousand, you may get close to the level of excitement I felt this year mm-hmm. about the Hall of Fame because, uh, well, they asked me to be on the um, induction committee, and uh, at first I didn't want to do it. You know, it's kind of like not my thing to be in these board meetings, Zoom chat. you know, <laughs> uh, but I said if what you said is real in my in your induction speech last year, which w- what I said was that when I first got the call. First thing I did was went online, not to see who was in the Hall of Fame, but to see who wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for one name, Frankie Crocker. Mm-hmm. The baddest DJ in the history of radio to me, man. Frankie Crocker out of New York City, New man. New York City. That man. brother was bad. And he wasn't in the Hall of Fame. And, so, so, and this is what I said in my induction speech. So to me, I felt like you weren't legit. If you don't have Frankie in there, you're not legit. Mm-hmm. You know? And, uh, you know, I'm about to say they listened, but I don't want to say that this is the reason they did that. I don't know. Um, But this year, they have 33 legends going into the Hall of Fame. And one of them was a guy that I fought for so hard. Well, Frankie Crocker's one. But the other is Melvin Lindsey, mm-hmm. the Quiet Storm. Mm-hmm. And, and about out of these 33, I think 10 of them are black and, you know, it's people, man, that Martha Gina Queen mm-hmm. out of Detroit, you know, just legends. Eddie OJ out of Cleveland. The group the OJs are named after him. I mean, just real legends. So to me, I'm so much more excited this year because, like I said last year, that we have to be represented in this hall and that it doesn't have to be me, but it does have to be us, mm-hmm. you know? This year, it's us, man. And brother, I just can't tell you how excited I am about that, you know, and, and just and proud to have been a part of it, of this committee that made this happen. My career is whatever it is, but to be able to help shine spotlight, a spotlight on these other deserving people, man, that's so, you know, it's like, I mean, it's as simple as that stuff your mama used to say, you know, the joy is in the giving, mm-hmm. you know. It it really is, man. It's not about what you receive. It's about what you give. And um, so, you know, I'm very grateful for my career. I mean, to know that you had a a Hall of Fame radio career is rewarding. Um, To know the impact on television is rewarding. Um, You know, I had this conversation one night with Frankie Beverly and I was telling him, I said, man, I would. Never speak for you," I said. But I was talking to somebody, and I said, "This thing, I think I could speak for Frankie on." And that's this, I said. In a way, Frankie, we have similar careers in this way. Black America,
3: mm-hmm.
5: know you, everybody knows you, loves you, all of that, you know. White America, don't really have any. Not idea so much, you yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, not really, and. Uh, I said, but I think I speak for you on this. That while I would love to have all of it, the rest, that would be great. I wouldn't trade this part of it in to get that. Not for us. I'd say, no, to know that your people feel that mm-hmm. way about you. Man, please. Frankie said, baby, come on. You know, that's yeah, that's easy. It's no real. Question. Cause we just, yeah, it's real, man. It's real. I can die with that, Ed, knowing yeah. that my people were proud of me. I mean, I'm, it's, it's nothing different from any child wanting to be. What's the greatest reward is to know that your parent is proud of you, mm-hmm. that your people are proud of you. That's that's all I want, man.
4: I'm going to say this, as I tell you all the time in private, you know, um, there is a humble nature about you, Donnie, that you get a lot in show business, but it's false humility most of the time. And I tell Mm. you, and I tell people all the time that from the, the second I met you, man, you are one of the most genuine people that I met in this business. And that's saying a lot because you and I both know finding real genuine people in this business who, who like you and appreciate you just for you. And they're not looking for that leg up. And that next thing is, is rare. So, uh, I am, uh, I am so very happy that I got a chance to, to get to know you and and that real side of you. Uh, And so for, for what is a hall of fame career and should have been a first ballot a long time ago, man, (laughs) uh, I want to say for all of us, man, thank you for all of these great years of entertainment and joy and music and all that you brought to us. Well,
5: and I can't tell you how much I appreciate that, bro. I'm telling you, man, it means a lot to me, man. You're, Uh, One of my great friends and one of the great talents, you know. And to have you say that about me, man, is just, I'm going to call my mama as soon as we get (laughs) done. (laughs) But I I love you, brother. You know that, man. And um, wow. You say you know me personally, but I think that that's the key to the success and the longevity is that so do the people that watch Mm -hmm. me and listen to me. They know me personally too, you know, may have never met, but you don't have to, 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 to feel somebody, you know, you you feel what's real, man. And that's the key to it, man. You know, just being you, you know, um, you can never lose. (laughs) Yeah. You you never loses, man. You never loses. So I, I thank you for that. Ed. I really do, man. I love you to death, brother.
4: Love you back, man. Another big thanks to my man, Donnie Simpson. Remember, you can catch Donnie and the new video, Soul, on the streaming platform, Tubi. 100 is produced by Ed Gordon Media and distributed by iHeart Media. Carol Johnson Green and Cherie Weldon are our bookers. Our editor is Lance Patton. Gerald Albright composed and performed our theme. Please join me on Twitter and Instagram at EdL Gordon and on Facebook at Ed Gordon Media.
2: slash iHeart. off today.